What's up, guys? Calling all my fellow impact-driven women, all my soulful entrepreneurs, and all my new age leaders. You're here to create aligned business strategy, live your life by design, and create fulfilling success in your area of passion. Who's going to help you do that? I'm going to help you do that. I'm Dana Lisa, your pineapple queen, empowering women to stand tall, wear their crown, be firm but sweet, and have a heart of gold as your success coach and marketing maestro. Hashtag be the pineapple bays. Let's get started on Juicy Business Radio. Hello, beautiful people. How are you? Good morning from Bali. So I have had a very interesting couple of weeks. It's been very um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's been very Almost, I almost want to say, <laughs> in the way I described it to a friend last night, which sounds really dramatic, but I also, it resonates, is I feel like I'm going through a little bit of like almost an existential <laughs> crisis <laughs> um, in the best possible way. So I was, I was raised a lot of my life to very different perspectives on God and religion. And in that, I experienced a lot of conditioning that was around what it meant to be religious. And I was actually reflecting yesterday because um, even in my last relationship, when I was leaving my relationship when it, things were starting to take the turn where we were going on very separate paths and journeys and I could feel that division happening. I remember my ex-partner saying to me, oh, so what, you've found God now? Um, and I remember stammering and I remember stuttering and I remember just being like, well, you know, I well, no, like it, uh, and I couldn't explain myself which is how we often feel when we are following our intuition and people are asking us to analytically justify our intuition for them because of their own projections of their fears and insecurities. And it often stops us from trusting ourselves. It stops us from continuing down the path of our intuitive response system because we We feel like we have to analytically justify what our soul knows to be true. And for me, this was a prime example of that experience playing out in my life, in my human experience. So I, I was raised um, in not a religious environment. My parents didn't really go to church. My mom was raised very Christian um, and when she became an adult, she chose to no longer practice a specific religion or go to church religiously. I 
my grandparents would take me often to church. Um, I was, you know, it was more for me as a child. I remember it being more about like the social experience of seeing my friends and hanging out with my aunt, um, who was just a couple of years older than me and going to like Sunday school with her. And I remember when I became an adult, strongly identifying with being an atheist, strongly identifying with being someone who didn't believe in God, didn't believe God existed, that I myself was in ultimate control of my life and that there was no such thing as like fate or destiny. Um, there was no higher power. And I've mentioned it here before, but when I first started to get into spirituality and talk about and learn about things like meditation, manifestation, I did it from a place of, I was witnessing what other people were doing in the online space. And I was still very much embodied in my perfectionism tendencies, my people pleasing tendencies these aspects of myself that were more concerned with keeping up with the Joneses and being perceived a certain way than actually my truth and my integrity. And that was my normal up until that point. I didn't even recognize I was doing it. So to me, that was just the way I had lived the majority of my adult life or all of my adult life up until that point. And so for me, I didn't really know anything different. To me, hustle was normal, burnout was normal, limited energy was normal, feeling tired all the time, social anxiety, lack of being able to express, fully express myself, wearing masks depending on the situation and who I was with. That was very normal for me. All of my relationships, you know, I kind of had like a very specific dynamic with people in individuals in my, um, in my world. And I wore masks for all of them. You know, I wore a mask to be the perfect wife. I wore a mask to be the perfect best friend. I wore a mask to be the best daughter. I wore a mask to be perfect employee. Every person in my life and each of the individual opportunities that I was a part of saw really specific aspects of me. And very few of those aspects were actually the truth of who I was. They were more a projection that was I was capable of embodying that I perceived was how I was supposed to act or how I should be showing up in order to be successful for that particular scenario. None of them, so like most people didn't really know who I was. My partner at the time was one of the very few people who had seen a lot of like the, the multiple facets of my being, who I had really like exposed myself to vulnerably. And he himself also did not identify with a particular religion, even though he had been raised in a religious family. And we used to joke about it. So we used to like, we used to make jokes about, you know, churches setting on fire if we step foot in them. Um, we used to make fun of people who practiced religion. And this is often, I now 
see within myself and have witnessed within others that when we don't understand something and something scares us and makes us uncomfortable, we often cope through dark humor or uncomfortable jokes or avoidance altogether, right? If there's something that allows us to turn away, to turn an eye, turn our eyes away or to turn our soul away temporarily from something that makes us very uncomfortable, this is how we often cope with those experiences of expansion beyond what we're ready for. And everyone's version of this looks different. And this is something that I really want to talk about today is finding your own indicators of when this happens for you, because everyone has their own personal experience that they go through, their own coping mechanisms, their own indicators that show them. So things that will show you when you are at an uncomfortable edge and you are shrinking yourself. And some of them are so habitual, some of them are so ingrained in you that you may not, e you may not even recognize them yet. And there's so much power and liberation in identifying these things for ourselves, so that we can start to lean into our growth areas. So, so for me, one of the places that I, I now look is when I reject something with humor, I know that I'm doing that because I'm really uncomfortable. And I know that I'm doing that because I don't understand. And rather than try to understand, my unconscious brain would rather reject and using a, use a coping mechanism that's socially acceptable and that allows me to turn my soul away and my, my eyes, particularly my third eye, away from something that's calling me towards something greater towards an expansion. So when I started my journey of spirituality, I wasn't doing it because I was ready. I wasn't doing it because my soul was calling me there and it was like time to go through my spiritual awakening. I was trying to keep up with the Joneses. I was trying to keep up with people in my industry who I saw who were successful whose energy I desired to emulate. And I decided that they're talking about manifestation, they're talking about meditation, they're talking about these practices. And I am not uncomfortable with these because like they're so foreign to me that they have no association with religion or spirituality. I didn't recognize this at the time, but now upon reflection, I recognized that the reason I started on that path the way that I did was number one, I was trying to keep up with people who I saw as successful. And I thought in order to be successful myself, that I was going to need to know these things on like a principle level that I was going to need to know these modalities, which is really funny now. Because of course they started, they were the catalyst and the start of my own personal spiritual journey, which has evolved greatly since then. But I, and I didn't really recognize what I was getting myself into. And I also recognized that the reason that I chose specific forms of spiritual practice 
were because I was conditioned to believe that other spiritual practices were too associated with God or religion, and therefore I would never even touch them or look at them as something that I would do because I would identified super strongly as an atheist. When I started practicing meditation, when I started practicing buying crystals, journaling, yoga, breath work, when I started this exploration, I started to crack open. I started to actually connect with God. And I didn't know that's what was happening at the time, or I knew on a soul level, but my analytical mind wasn't capable of coping with that realization. And so I attempted to mask what I was doing by calling it, you know, it was like dressing up the pig as a sheep and calling it a sheep adamantly, even when people were like, uh, but isn't it a pig? I'd be like, nope, it's a sheep. <laughs> Maybe like, well, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. And my version of that was, I was going on a spiritual journey and I was awakening to God. And when people asked me about that, I would tell them, tell them that it had nothing to do with God. I wouldn't talk about God. I would use any other word, source, universe, divinity, connection to self, you know, intuition, empathy. And you still see a lot of this in my, in my messaging. And this is because that's the language I became comfortable with. That's the language that I used because it didn't make me uncomfortable for my conditioning. And I also now recognize that it kept my audience comfortable. And right now, one of the things that I am practicing and one of the things that I myself am evolving through is this evolution of talking about the truth and not trying to dress anything up as something other than what it is. And for me right now, that means talking about God. And we all have conditioning in every aspect of our life. We all have conditioning of, of every single aspect. One of the places that's the most supercharged, that's common to talk about now in our space, is money. It's really common for people to talk about the taboo subject of the currency of money and really serve people on a triggering level by being very open about self-limiting beliefs around money, sabotaging behaviors around money, the truth about money being easy and actually being an energetic currency, not the actual paper or the number in the bank. And because the industry itself has been talking about this for a while, 
people have started to accept it. You see a lot more people, even people who are just starting out in, you know, the journey of entrepreneurship and, and creating a spiritual empire, you see them talking about money. You see them talking about abundance mindset, about scarcity, about lack, about raising their frequency to the currency of money. You see people talking about this and people are now much more comfortable with this terminology and this understanding. And this is the beautiful thing about us deconditioning at an individual micro level. What happens when we come back to truth for ourselves individually, we stop being scared to talk about the things that we know to be true. We stop trying to dress them up as anything other than what they are, and we start talking about them. And it resonates deeply with other people's souls. And at first, it's going to be so triggering that there's going to be a lot of people who aren't available for it yet, who aren't ready. But there's also going to be those people who have this sensation of, holy shit, I've been waiting for this. I have been waiting for this moment for somebody to say this. And I'm so grateful. And they're going to be the ones who are the leaders in that particular aspect for their people because they're going to be willing to go first. The people who are like, this is scary, but it resonates with my soul so strongly. I'm going to take the action of doing this myself. They're the people who lead the charge. So, for example, when that came to money, I think about, you know, Amanda Francis, for example. She herself and the work that it is that she has done in the beginning made people really uncomfortable. And now it's become very mainstream and much more talked about, much more socially accepted, much more accepted in the industry. And now people don't think about it as weird or triggering. And if they do think about it as triggering, they're like more willing to do the work to investigate why. And this is our ultimate test. There are things that your soul is going to know are true, that you are meant to move on, but you're so scared about what moving on them means because you haven't seen anybody else do it before that you and your brain will throw the ultimate self-sabotaging reasons and excuses as to why you don't need to talk about that thing or why it's not important or why it's not the right time or why it's not why you're not ready or whatever it is that's your favorite excuse your favorite coping mechanism in terms of thought which will then turn into a coping mechanism in terms of action so your thoughts then become your behaviors right so your actions. So then you'll find yourself repeating the same messaging, the same languaging, the same niche, the same type of programs, the same type of price points, the same frequency over and over again on this loop. One of the most difficult things to recognize is where you have been so conditioned in your life and where things have such an energetic charge for you that you dress them up as a sheep when they're a pig and you don't even know anymore. You've literally convinced your conscious mind that it's a sheep because you've been doing it for so long. 
for me, what this has looked like recently has been recognizing all of the ways that I dress up the word God as a sheep. And the ways that I dress it up are psychic ability, intuition, empathy, connection to source, universe. I talk about spirituality as singing bowls, tarot cards, crystals. All of these things that have become socially acceptable in our industry that in the spiritual community are used and heralded as, you know, secret amazing modalities that, you know, are these ancient techniques. And we're just like rediscovering them, renaming them, using new semantics. Semantics that are keeping people comfortable, AKA small. The language that we're using, the words that we're using, the experiences that we're talking about and how we're talking about them. Many people are doing it because they're still operating from the old paradigm of hierarchical structure where they put themselves above others. And you'll notice that any patriarchy, hierarchy, matriarchy, whatever, any system that puts someone in a quote unquote place of power above another individual, you'll notice that there's a common thread amongst these infrastructures and across these systems where the people who are putting themselves on the pedestal, allowing others to believe that they have more power they have a tendency to create their own rules, language, terms, conditions that make other people feel like they don't understand, that make other people feel like, oh, well, this person's talking about this thing that I've never heard of before, and so therefore they must know more than me. And it aids in the it aids in the keeping of these structures, the keeping of these matrices, these lies, right? Like part of the lie of infrastructure that has any hierarchical categorization, part of the lie, part of the matrix is that the people at the bottom just don't understand. They're too stupid to understand. They, they just will never get it. They just are, you know, they just have to abide by the rules. They just have to follow, they have to listen to the people in power who know all of the things, who know these systems, who know these structures, right? That's part of the lie that gets created so that the people who put themselves on a pedestal or heralded themselves as a guru or somebody who knows more than the single individual can stay in that place of, of perceived power because they're seen as knowing more, being more wise, being smarter, being more powerful, being more connected to God. If we're talking about hierarchical structures, we can also talk about religion here. And the truth is 
every individual, and we believe this in the spiritual community, and here's how we dress it up. Here's the sheep outfit that we put on. <laughs> this truth. The sheep outfit that you've heard, that you know to be true, is there are no victims. Every individual is powerful and capable of manifesting and co-creating their reality. Sounds so nice, doesn't it? And it's true, but what we're really saying, the truth underneath the costume is we are all, we all have the same connection to God. We all have the same ability to connect to the costume is, is going to be the, what you've heard is connection, source, universe, divinity, the masculine, the feminine, all of these terms, the archetypes, the deities, blah, 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 all of these things that we've used as comfortable masks for the truth of what we're doing and the service that it is that we are here for is we're connecting people back to God. Empowering people to recognize that they are infinitely powerful, empowering an individual to create and manifest the reality that it is that they desire. Common terminology, you've heard that before. It sounds comfortable, right? It's like you're familiar with that concept. If you're here, you've heard that before. What you're talking about doing when you're talking, when, when I myself, like, I have talked about awakening psychic abilities, leaning into your intuition, trusting your, you know, your empathy, all of these different things that I'm like, these are your superpowers, use them, ignite them. And other people in the industry are talking about when we talk about like the spiritual community, you know, and all of these tools that we talk about, like breath work will change your life and all of these, you know, yoga is going to be, is going to change your life. And Singing bowls will change your life and sound healing will change your life and meditation will change your life and all of these things, they will. And the reason why is because you're discovering connection to God. We are all infinitely and equally powerful because we all have the same ability to access God. And the ultimate conditioning is that, A, that's not okay to talk about, right? That it's political, that God is political, which is part of the matrix, part of the construct, part of the lie. That if you practice a particular religion, you cannot talk about God outside of the parameters of that religion, and therefore you cannot connect with another human being who has a differing religion than you when it comes to the terminology of God, which is also part of the lie, part of the matrix, part of the construct, part of the patriarchy and the hierarchies construct that it is that we're right now dismantling. God is about connection. 
about love and community. When we are operating from a place that is not connection to our truth, our soul, divinity, source, universe, the magic, AKA God, when we're not acting from that place, we are reactional beings who take things personally, who separate ourselves by claiming that someone is different than us and that we don't have any common ground or that we don't understand them or that we can't, we can't hold space for them or see them because they're too different, right? And religion is one of the many things that has helped create that division and has helped create that reactivity. And religion itself in many divisions and aspects is a hierarchical structure all of its own. It is a matrix and a patriarchy of a kind that has kept us from the truth of oneness, connection, love, unity, God. And that's really challenging for a lot of people because one of the ultimate things that we're conditioned to believe in and to stand by is our belief in that hierarchical system, in the thing that it is that we were brought up in. And it keeps us from our ultimate awakening in our spiritual journey because we have to source connection to God through these comfortable terms and experiences that don't go against our conditioning. We all want to be connected to one another. What we crave more than anything is unity and to be part of something bigger than ourselves. It drives us in a lot of ways. And one of the things that we feel like we're going to be ostracized for or segregated for the most because human history has shown again and again that we can be really cruel when we're conditioned to believe that our belief system is better than somebody else's belief system. And we create division And if you are to stand up for what you believe in, it used to mean that you were killed for it. And oftentimes today, it still means that. And we can see that playing out in the world right now in a lot of powerful ways. So in order to be accepted and believe that we're worthy of love, oftentimes we refuse to admit what it is that we know to be true because we know that that admittance and that taking off the costume of the sheep in order to reveal the true, the true animal nature of the animal underneath might mean that we're going to be ostracized, that we're going to be unaccepted.
only when we're really truly ready to be willing to not be accepted can we truly discover the truth in any aspect of our life. And through that, we find ultimate acceptance. Because what happens is, when we come to terms with being unaccepted, when we come to terms with not receiving love in the way that we're conditioned to believe is the only ways to receive it, and we recognize that we are inherently unconditionally loved and lovable, and we let go of other people's opinions as, you know, their rejections, their negative reactional responses to us, when we let go of those things and don't let them change us because we recognize that they don't make us unlovable, and we stand in the truth of, I am inherently lovable as I am, we discover what it means to be connected to something that is much bigger than us, to be to be truly loved without having to put on a mask of who we think we need to be to receive that love or or anything else. Mona said, I have so much resonance with all of this. Making fun of religion, cracking open to spirituality through yoga, calling it woo-woo instead of what it actually is, spirituality. And was just telling my friend earlier about the anxiety I've been experiencing this week around putting myself out there and its connection to ancestral wounds of being rejected, ostracized, killed for speaking up. Yeah. yeah. And all of this work that we're doing right now, collectively, the massive global shift that it is that we're going through that has disrupted humanity as we've known it in the past, is because we're working overtime to heal this wound together. that anyone is worthy of rejection, that you get to decide who's worthy of rejection, that humans get to decide who is worthy of being rejected and who is worthy of being loved. The dismantling of any system that allows us to categorize people as less than or more than, all of that work that we're doing is about getting rid of this BS around the truth. Mona said cycle breakers. <laughs> yes, exactly. All of these cycle breakers. And this is who we are too. We are the cycle breakers. We are the ones who are healing this wound, who are transmuting back to love. And you hear me talk about this all the time. I'm going to call it now what it is. We're bringing people back to God. If we are transmuting energy back to love, we have to recognize what we're doing, what we're really doing.
The woo-woo is spirituality. It is connection to God. The yoga, the breath work, the meditation, the sounding bowls, the, the journaling. the ecstatic dance, the tarot cards, the crystals, the sage, the Palo Santo, the essential oils. We're doing it to reconnect to God. The reason it makes you feel so amazing is because it's an aspect that you're not afraid of. It's something you're not scared of. And so you lean into it because you're not afraid because you haven't been conditioned to be afraid of sage. You haven't been conditioned to be afraid of tarot cards. You haven't been conditioned to be afraid of the word woo woo. You haven't been conditioned to be afraid of yoga, of breath work, of meditation. You've been potentially conditioned if you're from Western culture to be really fucking scared of God, of the Bible of the politics of religion, of being Catholic, of being Christian, of being Mormon. And so what we've done is we've infiltrated and appropriated other cultures that we're not scared of in order to rediscover this connection to God. I'm still processing what all of this means for me. And this is new for me and it's scary. And I'm not gonna stop talking about it, even though it's scary. And I'm gonna keep going. And I'm open and available for these kind of conversations because they're going to be mutually expansive, regardless of who I'm having them with and how I'm having them. So no that I'm available for that. I'm going to go prepare for the immersion call. And I'm sending you so much love. Thank you for being here with me. I'll talk to you again very, very soon. And have a fabulous rest of your day. All right, my peeps, go ahead and click that link in the show notes. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please, please, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes and leave a review for me. I read all of my reviews and that would just be so lovely for me to connect with you and hear some feedback on how you are enjoying Juicy Business Radio. All right, guys, have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you again so soon.